Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza celebrating 50 years in Edmonton. They're still making it great. On now through October, Royal Pizza offering the combo special. Your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two uh, medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies, all for 50. Bucks. Pick that up at any of their 14 Edmonton and area locations. Bob Stoffer in studio, joined by Dave Campbell, radio analyst for the Edmonton Eskimos, and Global Television's John Sexsmith, who's had a seven-year battle now uh, with prostate cancer. Uh, we still, uh, ha- for, for the listeners that don't know, years ago, back in the late eight, uh, no, it wasn't the 1800s. That would, <laughs> it seems like it. Yeah, that would be Brian Hall back in the late 1800s. Uh, in, in the late 1980s. Uh, we used to do uh, Golden Bears uh, hockey and football games together. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys are all in their 50s now. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I just uh, went to my 40th reunion on Friday. You're old. I am. Okay. Because I'm at least five years away from that. But, you know, I think we're old friends, too. Yeah. Steel. Yeah. You know, we were good friends. Uh, I think we were a pretty good team, and we were pretty good broadcasters and I think we turned out all right because we did things a little differently back in our campus radio days you and I shared hosting play-by-play and color yeah you know you do a period I do a period we treated the game like they were professional games I think we Most had a, an audience of about four and we depended I we whether or not you job. had a girlfriend at a time or not right some days were, sometimes they <laughs> she did wanted stuff. to be our statistician yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no we had, we had it was a, it was a good time yeah. um we learned a lot together. Sharing, you know, we were very critical in in a very positive way. We'd listen to our air checks, yeah. go through them. Uh, I, I think we 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 did pretty well, um, just for a broadcast team that was on a campus radio station. John, I gotta tell you, sometimes I listen to those tapes and I go, "Man, was I conceited, <laughs> dumb jerk at that age, right?" Like you just gotta, yeah, and people go, "What do you? What about back then? What about right now?" But you, you raise a valid point about sharing. Yeah, and when I when I have a bad interview. Uh-huh. It's not the it's not the guy that's being interviewed. It's I've talked too much during the interview. Mm-hmm. Like right now as an example. No, so. but, but we talked about that all the time how yeah. we could get better. Yeah. You know. Remember Wes Montgomery? Remember what we used to see him over at most sports parlor? We sure. tried to dra- we tried to drag Dave Campbell down to be part of that uh, trio <laughs> back in the day in 1995, 96. Wes is like, you guys are the young guys. You play guy. shuffleboard. Yes, yes. He, 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 you young guys. It's going to happen for you, you young guys. You're going to be the guys. And yeah, Wes was very supportive of he, anything you prob- and I did. Probably of all of the guys in town, I'd argue, you know, John Short was a pretty supportive guy, too. And, uh, uh-huh. and Ro- Ryan? 
Yeah. Paul? Yeah. He mentored me a lot. We used to work on, you know, at the same station on other studios. So Yeah. It was it was good times. Um, for the listeners, as some of the listeners know, you've got a son that's mm-hmm. uh, first round draft choice in the Western Hockey League. Yeah. He had a battle last year that derailed him. Uh, yeah. where is he at? What's going on right now? Well, he he had been complaining for about two years about what we thought was a hip flexor injury and a doctor and the physiotherapist and all the medical people kept saying, you know, it's, you know, just keep rolling and stretching. And I think he overtrained last summer in preparation for the Team Canada U-17 camp. And he really had a tough time at that camp. Uh, awake at night, lots of pain, blah, blah, blah. Goes to the Giants camp, uh, makes the team. They're doing what's called the grouse grind as a team builder. I did it about two months ago. I went to see ELO in Vancouver. Awesome. You're an ELO fan, aren't you? Sure. It was awesome. Awesome. Anyway, I did the grouse grind. It is bleeping unbelievable. So anyway, um, he gets about two minutes up the mountain. His leg seizes up and he can't breathe. So they started doing some intensive tests. They found a blood clot uh, in the area of his hip. So thus explaining the the hip flexor injury. So we freaked. Uh, Yeah, because, you know, we're reading on the internet, it can transfer to your heart or your lungs or your brain. So to make a long story short... No contact when you've got a blood clot. No, um, you know, and I guess it's not really a myth, but what what people are always led to believe is that if you get a bruise or a cut, you can, you can, it can be catastrophic. Sure. So uh, we saw an expert, well, first of all, we went to the Stollery. They're fantastic. I I can't say enough about the Stollery. We in turn got sent to McMaster University where we saw a hematologist who was an expert in that regard. Um, he came up with a return to play protocol. Um, Joel uh, didn't really play for about three months, uh, returned to playing with Delta, um, a, a, an academy where the Giants players attend school uh, in Delta. And um, so he slowly got back going again and he ended up playing the final game of the season and pretty well. And then he was kind of one of the black aces as the Giants went further into the playoffs. But um, so he's been uh, on anticoagulants, drinking lots of water, trying to find the right recipe to get back on track. So he's at training camp right now, and I know it's been a bit of a roller coaster because, uh, you know, it's the pace is considerably better. Um, everything is bigger, stronger, faster, but I'm hoping like heck, and so am my wife, and so would everybody that knows him, um, that he can kind of find his way back because, as you know, he's a really good kid. No, he's a good kid. Uh, he's got some time. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was a top 10 pick in the W. WHL Bantam draft. John Sexsmith joining us. Uh, is is Bowen Byram's situation a factor in Joel potentially uh, making the team, do you think? I would think so. He told me that there's some room on the left side, and, and Joel plays. He's a left shooting defenseman. He called, I think he's as good or better playing on the right side because I coached him for a majority of his career. So uh, <laughs> I always played him with one of our weakest defensemen and usually on his off wing because I thought it was never a bad idea to have him uh, knowing both positions equally well. And he's ambidextrous, so that helps a little bit too. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, whether or not he you know, cracks the top six, it's been a long, you know, road to get back to this point and hopefully he can keep getting better every day. Global television. John Sexsmith in studio with us. And orders now Bob Stoffer, Dave Campbell with you. Uh, John, I was physical but undisciplined on uh-huh. the ice at times. And uh, you were driven. 
and you, <laughs> you're and, just talking about media hockey. Uh, and you were highly competitive. Uh, do you have because you do coach? What, what, yeah. le- what levels have you coached at? I mean, you're well, you're, co- you're back working. How long have you been back at Global Four? Almost uh, eight, well since last March, so a year and a half. About a year and a half. So you're back on TV. You're doing all that, but you're still coaching as well, right? Yeah, I coached a Bantam Triple A team for the Canadian Athletic Club this past season. I coached a high-performance team for Hockey Alberta this spring, Pee Wee Prospects Cup, it's called. Yeah. We ended up winning it all. Um, Jacob Labant and Caden Longley, remember those names? They were on our team. They broke Matt Savoy's scoring records okay. at this tournament. What about Garrett Thom? Did you hear that name uh, at all? Yeah, I've heard that name. So, yeah, I absolutely did coaching. Um, in fact, when I went into surgery little more than two years ago, the anesthesiologist said to me, okay, uh, time to go to sleep. Uh, think of something nice. You know what I was doing? I was standing on the bench. Yeah. Uh, so that's how much I love coaching. Now, are you a different if, guy? Uh, here's another thing. Uh, I'm going to be assisting Chris Dingman with his Southwest Zone Wee AA's. In fact, he just called me before I came here. Uh, tryout start, I think, this weekend. So, so I'm he's excited been, about that. How long has he been back? In, I thought he was down in Tampa. Uh, he? He's been back for a couple of years, couple now? years now. Yeah. yeah last, I saw him at a Southside establishment last fall. So uh, I get, like the way he's, he coaches. I watched him. I did a story on him and his wife, who uh, actually coached a team together last season. And I, I don't want to have the same workload this season you know bantam triple a is heavy duty stuff because you're preparing kids some yeah. of them for the whl bantam draft so sure. you want to get the best out of them so that they can get drafted so that was five and six nights a week that's a lot of hockey yeah. so um I, i'm going to lower that load with hopes that joel will become a regular with the giants or whoever and uh it'll allow me to go watch him play and support him so i was i was going to ask you here like you had some bite as a guy uh, yeah. which allowed you to punch above your weight class. You, you, were, you were a good skater. You could move all those sort of things, but you're really competitive. Now, as a, as a, is it different dealing with, can you even fathom with how maybe you, because you played uh, out at Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, can you even fathom that experience there in terms of how you're treated versus? Uh, no. No? It's way different. Um and, you know, but that's how it is. Kids are way different these days than when you and I were kids. Yeah. And the approach to teaching and coaching is quite a bit different, too. So, I don't know. I think my approach has been the same because I started coaching way back when I was in my late teens, early 20s. Sure. And my approach hasn't changed. My philosophy hasn't changed. I've always tried to be innovative. I've always tried to be organized. And I think I bring those tools to the table consistently. Um, but kids are a little different in how they learn and parents and how they parent is different, which makes a big difference in how you try to teach, too. Does that make sense? Absolutely. When we come back, we'll get your thoughts. Uh, John Sexsmith joining us in studio uh, from Global Television on uh, on the Oilers this season, and we'll get to this day in Oilers history. And it involves a guy that is only one of three players that's from this province. This, oh wait, it's not a province anymore. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 1.45 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Dave Campbell with you on Oilers Now. Tomorrow, Mark Spector will be in studio for Horse Racing Alberta Live Racing Thursday nights, Saturdays, and Sundays out at Century Mile. 
Brendan Escott will be back uh, hosting that day. Uh, Wednesday, we'll have our Touchback Safety uh, Oilers Legends Series. Uh, we'll also have Corey Pronman on from The Athletic to talk about his uh, prospect rankings, the Oilers in the top 10. Let's quickly head off before we return to John Sexsmith from Global TV to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Ask about uh, their Oilers Now hockey road trips to New York City and Chicago. These are separate trips in the fall. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Dave Campbell, what do you have? Well, on this day back in 1952, former NHL defenseman Byron Baltimore, born in Whitehorse, Yukon. Baltimore played in the NHL with the Edmonton Oilers in the 1979-1980 season. And John, you know this. Yeah. Uh, Byron uh, Baltimore has one NHL player that he represents. He's pretty good. He just won his first Stanley Cup. Jay Bomeister. There you go. And he and was actually, pretty... Actually, Joel's been compared to him. Very similar skating style, same kind of yeah. um, uh, posture... Um, I guess kind of similar players too. Yeah, I mean Jay was a phenom. Oh, yeah, he was obscenely I've been watching gifted. him since Pee Wee. Yeah, well, since the U of A days. Yeah, you know when we used to see him skate on those alumni right. skates on Friday. He used to skate with the Bears. Sure, and we thought, geez, that that freshman looks pretty <laughs> yeah. good out there. They're that like, he's eleven. Fresh. <laughs> he's eleven. Yeah. So, alrighty. Um, that's uh, you know what Dave does the uh, the Eskimo broadcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some of the listeners. I used to be your spotter. Yeah. When you were the public address announcer for the uh, what was your infamous line? No. Uh, oh, well, it's a lot with Dave Archer. <laughs> Something about. Uh, oh man. Yeah. So, it, David Archer was having a tough season with the Eskimos. Yeah. He was playing the BC Lions. Actually, my dad and you were spotting that day. Yeah. And um, he got in a fight on the sidelines. And uh, after all was said and done, I said, that's the best right he's thrown all year. <laughs> and the crowd roared. Yeah. Uh, and I think I told this story the last time yeah. I was here yeah. with you. But, you know, classy guy. So I, not <laughs> we, me, obviously. <laughs> but So I went down and I uh, waited it out in the dressing room because I wanted to apologize. I felt that I definitely stepped over the line. So uh, as I went into the dressing room, Gizmo says to me, was that you on the PR? And I said, yeah, kind of sheepishly. And he said, I left. And so did the rest <laughs> of the team. So I waited it out. Archer was getting scrummed by all the media, which means he was getting interviewed by a ton of guys. And so I said, hey, Dave, you know, John, yeah, yeah, you know, I work for the Eskimos. I do the, yeah, he goes, I know. So I said, yeah, I, you know, I was the guy on the PA. And I, I said, I really want to apologize for what I said. And he goes, he laughs. <laughs> I've been horse bleep all season long. That was a great line. Yeah. And we shook hands and that was it. It was good. So, uh, I mean, we, we, we love football. We did yeah, football we did. and hockey forever. Um, what do you think of the Eskimos? Um, I like them. Uh, I, 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 I always thought Trevor Harris was underrated, and Did I you? think he's proving it this season. <laughs> but um, you know, you were sensing a butt there, right? Yeah. And I, I love the defense. I, I, the defense I, is I, everything's way better. going good about. We got the Eskimos. Dave. Dave's there every day, so yeah. uh, I, I, there's a lot of things I like about the Eskimos. I did. Uh, I emceed a function last year with the Edmonton Huskies. Uh, uh, Jason Moss was the keynote speaker, and by the time he got finished, I said, "I'm get me my shoulder pads. I'm going in." He was that motivational. Sure, um, but I, I, I can't see him with his nose in the play card anymore. He's got to start observing the game better. Um, it, it, he's got to f- feel it better. He's got to observe it better because I think he has the potential to be a great 
coach, but he can't do it while he's got his his nose in that play card all the time. All right, Dave Campbell, I'm going to you put agree, you on, Dave. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Here, we, how many head coaches in the league are either an offensive or defensive coordinator, basically for their teams? Uh, Dave Dickinson is the head coach in OC. Corey Chamberlain is the head coach and defensive coordinator in Toronto. That's not working out very well. No. Um, Who's the guy in BC that's got his hat on sideways? All oh, the that's time? Devon Claybrooks, but he has Rich Dubler as his defensive coordinator. Although I think Claybrooks has a hand in that defense uh, a lot, but he doesn't have a. Guy guy like Alex Singleton as a middle linebacker. He doesn't have a guy like Michael Johnson who can push the pocket. So it's more than just Mike Riley getting his butt whooped every game. It, they can't get to the quarterback themselves. Yeah. So um, Do you I, agree? That I, these guys I, gotta, they, they have to have a head coach yeah. and an offensive coordinator. There's too much going on. you got to read the game. you got to feel the game. you, you got to be a part of the game. You, there's more than just looking at that card all the time. I would hope that this is the last year that Jason Moss calls play I know Jordan Maximic is the, you know, technically the offensive coordinator, but Jason Moss is calling plays on game day. Where's Ricky Ray going to be in this? Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, he's taking the year off. Mm-hmm. He, he's not. He's he's been in town. Uh, he's been in town once, and to really observe what Jason Moss and the rest of the coaching staff is doing, and does is is coaching the commitment that he wants to make. Because coaching is quite the commitment compared to a player. Um, even though, I mean, you have to do more than that four and a half hour mandated time that uh, that coaches are allowed to have with players. You know, officially, there's a lot more work that goes into it, though. So, does Ricky Ray want to be? Um, a part of a coaching staff or in the coaching game. That, that'll that be interesting. You know, is it too soon to make him an offensive coordinator next year? Yes, I, I really believe that. But can he be someone that can be a quarterback's coach or even learn another aspect of the game? You know, like be a, be a, just be an offensive assistant, you know, work with every aspect of the offense. All right, Dave, wrap it up. You're stealing my time. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sound like Halsey there. Um <laughs> Um, but yes, I do think it, it would be better if Jason Moss gives up the offensive coordinator uh, going into next season. That they, was a great tap dance and the answer that I was looking for because I think it's too much. It's a, it's yep. a heavy workload. And he works hard, let's face it, to try yep. and make this team the best it can be. And he's be. got leadership ability. Yeah, tons yeah. of it. I mean, unless you're Chris Jones who just never leaves the building. Yeah, you, you can be a head coach and a defensive coordinator. No, that's a lot of work. He never leaves the building. That's the thing. Chris Chris sure. Jones would rarely leave the building. Uh, I think it's a lot. It's difficult when you're a head coach and an OC and a coordinator. You got it. You can't. You can't feel the game as much as no. you would like to. John, yeah. three minutes. Thanks, Dave. Three minutes for some quick hitters here. How are the Oilers going to do this year? Um, I think they need goaltending. That. Okay. The, this is my belief now, and that's how we picked our team. Believe it or not, that won the Pee Wee Prospects Cup. You got to be good from the goaltending out, um, and not just good, like exceptional. It doesn't matter. I think you can get get by in a lot of other inefficiencies with great goaltending. What's, it, what's the old saying? Uh, goaltending seventy percent of hockey. Unless you don't have it, then it's hundred yeah, percent. It hockey. is. I am. I. So they're going to need I'm more stops. In the one in year agreement. that the orders were good, Talbot was terrific that season. Yeah, so. I think it's going to be more of the same kind of learning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, would you play him with McDavid or would you have him centering his own line? No, I like him with McDavid. I've been saying from the start, he's a power left winger. Yeah? Yeah. Pretty tough to ignore 50 goals. But didn't I tell you about the right winger yeah, on that so line? We, 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 I, we must 
I'm, and I've pointed it out before, you're on me. Bob, would you talk to Todd in those little broadcaster meetings? What about casting on the right wing? Yeah. You were the guy all along that said uh-huh. a year ago at this time when you came More in. More than a year. I've been saying that for three years. they got to play casting up there because he can skate and create some space. You got it. What were the other reasons? And are you, were you surprised at how effective he was last year? No. Down? He was a first-round pick for a reason. He's got skill. He can skate. Yeah. And I think you underestimated his hockey IQ. Me personally or the team? Everybody. Okay. James Neal, is he going to bounce back here? Yes. Is that a trade that... I like him. I thought... I've I've liked him for a long time, and I've always thought he'd be a good fit. So how many points will the Oilers finish with this year? Oh. 88. Okay. 90. Does Tyler Benson make the team? I hope so. Yeah? Yeah. He uh, he really made some strides in staying healthy, yeah. and you know uh, he's an Edmonton kid. Never played for the Giants. A, never misses a workout. Never no. misses a skate. He's all in. Yeah, he's got a. He's got. A, I think he's got a chance to stick here. Yeah. Will you come in again and do this again sometime? Uh, I'd love to. All right. John Sexsmith joining us in studio. John, thanks for dropping by. My pleasure, Bob. You bet. Uh, it is uh, one fifty-five in Edmonton tonight on Inside Sports. Reed Wilkins back in the chair. Eskimos Coaches Show with the aforementioned Jason Moss. Eskimos in-game analyst Blake Dermott. The Colts reporter Kevin Bowen from ESPN Radio in Indianapolis on the retirement of Andrew Luck. Uh, tomorrow... Brennan Escott will be hosting Oilers now. Uh, I'll be at an event with Jack, uh, with uh, OEG. Uh, it'll be uh, Mark Spector in studio for the horses and horse race in Alberta, reminding you the new Century Mile racetrack open uh, out in Nisku live racing Thursday nights, Saturdays, and Sundays. Wednesday we'll be back in. We'll have a special Oilers alumni guest as part of uh, Touchback Safety, Oilers Legend Series, and also the man who's done the top uh, 30 well. He's done the organizational rankings for the athletic. Corey Promen in studio. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan. Special thanks to Dave Campbell for filling in today. And then we'll have the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody. Digitex. Office solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.